Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. We welcome you into a brand new episode of Inside Boxing Live, fresh from Las Vegas, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury Reaction Show. I'm your host, Dan Canobio. Joining me on the show today, you know him, Karim Batia, the Ask the Experts podcast host. We're going to break down everything, the nuts and bolts of Deontay Wilder's huge loss to Tyson Fury, how Tyson Fury is now the new king of the heavyweight division and maybe the new face of boxing. I landed yesterday back in New York. What a weekend it was in Las Vegas, uh, from the minute we touched down there to the minute that we left, sensory overload, so much going on. It truly was the boxing Super Bowl between uh, two of the best heavyweights in the world, uh, two networks coming together, uh, and it delivered. It wasn't a fight uh, that had a controversial decision, and that may alter uh, the thirst for the third fight. Uh, will fans want to see that third fight? Because that's what uh, the discussion now is. Will we see uh, Tyson Fury? Go for Anthony Joshua and make a unification bout. We have it right here, an all-British unification bout. Eddie Hearn has been on record saying that he wants that fight. But going back uh, to the experience in Las Vegas, everyone was out there. All the fighters, you know, all the celebrities, you know, all the executives, top rank, and ESPN, PBC, and, and, and uh, Fox, everyone playing nice, everyone uh, bringing boxing uh, a big-time fight uh, to the masses. And this was a huge fight. I mean, you had people, I always gauge one of these, these big-time mainstream fights uh, on how many people hit, start hitting me up for picks, start asking me what time the fight started, how do I order it, and I was getting texts from friends and messages from friends that I had no clue watched the sport of boxing, but it's like, hey, well, what time does the fight start, and how do we watch? And so I would tell them, and then afterwards, it's like, what's the deal with this Tyson Fury guy? Is he the real deal? I love him. I love that he sings in the ring. I love everything he's about. Did he really lick the blood off of Wilder's neck? Yes. This is who Tyson Fury is, and I think that he is now the face of boxing. But the actual fight itself, I mean, I was shocked. Absolutely shocked about how he took the fight to Deontay Wilder. I thought there was no way he was going to be able to do that. I thought it was just a, a tactical move or a, a mental move from, from Fury to get into the, into the head of Deontay Wilder. But, I mean, he went out there, and he laid the fight on from the very first round on. I got the CompuBox, uh, CompuBox punch stats right here. And the, the stat that really jumps out to me is the power punching. Tyson Fury said that this was going to be a, a, a fight where he's going to sit down on his punches. He's going to throw more, uh, a lot of body shots too, a lot of uh, hooks, and, and take the fight and knock out De uh, Deontay Wilder. Said he was going to do it in the second round. Ultimately, he came in the seventh, knocked him down two times officially, but Fury uh, Wilder was all over that ring. There was almost a point where Tyson Fury flew out of the ring through the ropes. It was pandemonium uh, in there. But the stat that sticks out to me is the power punch. 58-18 to 18 edge uh, for, for Tyson Fury. He landed uh, 13 uh, body shots, and that's maybe not a lot uh, through seven rounds, but it was when and where he was landing those body shots. I thought that was a big, a big part of, of the fight tactically. But Tyson Fury, he's the guy now. He is the man, but let's not write off Deontay Wilder. I've seen a lot of things on, on Twitter, a lot of memes, and you expect that with the Internet. They're going to go and they're going to do that. But this is a guy that 
has been on top for a very long time, has the KO streak. He's still the bet biggest puncher in the division. That's why he'll always have a shot, and that's why I think he will ultimately uh, exercise that clause in the contract. He's got 30 days to do it. But I'm going to get into more. we got a lot to cover here. I was partying in Vegas with Team Top Rank afterward. I was uh, everywhere. you got to be the boxing uh, media tournament also. But coming up next, we got the standing eight count with Karim Batia. Okay, I got my guy here with me. He's current body. You know him as the host of the Ask the Expert podcast. Before that, he was with HBO Sports Boxing Division, won a lot of Emmys, and now we're going to talk some boxing. Current, I got to talk about this weekend. I got to talk to someone about this past weekend. <laughs> Sensory overload for me, uh, just a thrill a minute in Las Vegas. It had big fight feels. I know you were home watching it on TV. I want to get yep. your your thoughts on watching it home versus how it came off uh, on the broadcast, uh, how it was uh, live there. I'm on no sleep right now. I'm a lot of adrenaline flowing. First of all, how are you? Thanks for joining me. Dan, thanks for having me again. Love this segment. So, this massive event, massive fight. I'll be your therapist. You can vent to me and tell me about everything that happened this weekend and all the amazingness of being there in person. Watching it at home, it was fun. It was it was like a Super Bowl atmosphere, right? Everyone had their parties, having friends over, getting some drinks, and watching the big fight. It felt like our sport was back. And you know what? One thing that was big for me uh, is that now that casuals, sports fans are watching this, it isn't a 12-round technical Mayweather fight. This is a big right, heavyweight right, right. matchup. We're getting nice knockouts. We're getting action. And watching it at home, it seems spectacular. What was it like being in that arena? <laughs> Tell me about being in that arena when Tyson Fury is being brought out on that throne. What was Unbelievable. That like? First of all, I saw the throne. Like We went early to the arena to do our, our, our fact check, and, um, and I walked past it. I was like, wait a second. I was like, was that a throne? And then I heard rumblings that, he, that Fury was going to do something crazy. Yeah. And I, I tweeted something out, like uh, not the picture of the throne, because that would have probably got me kicked out. And uh, I don't want to get on Top Rank's bad, bad side there. But no. I, I put out a tweet like... Tyson Fury's ring entrance is going to be off the charts with the crown emoji. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, uh, I was in the, I had a very close seat uh, doing the compu box work, and yeah. it was all the theatrics. I mean, it felt big. Like the undercard was not that good, and it was funny because it was empty in there for the yeah. undercard as per usual. A little bit of a but, snooze fest. Huh? You know, as the hours went on, more yeah. and more people started filling in. I went to the bathroom. I saw the logo, Jerry West. Yeah, was, was walking around. I saw Stephen A. Smith. You know, as the Magic Johnson walked yeah. in, you had Dana White walk right. in, you had Adele walk in. I mean, that you started to get the feeling. And then by the time Charles Martin finally knocked out Gerald Washington, thank you, Charles Martin, fever pitch. It ratcheted yes. up there. Everything went crazy. The guy that does the, I don't know his name, I think his name is Mark, the guy that does the in arena stuff for Top Rank uh, and the Vegas Knights. He was done a, doing a great job yeah. building it up. I remember vividly him. He was like in the crowd. He's like, who's ready for Wilder Fury? And I was like, wow, we're finally here. Yeah, the ring entrance was awesome. I want to see how did it play out on TV? So, usually when you're yeah. there, it's different than watching on TV. Yeah, so I, I was really uh, impressed with the broadcast because they made they played up the big fight feel, and I'll tell you why. So Tyson Fury is going on his car on the Las Vegas Strip. They had a yeah. live helicopter shot. Now, that isn't normal for a big fight. <laughs> they, they pulled out all the stops. Another thing I liked is that I think there was no question about is this undercard relevant the undercard no offense to those fighters but it wasn't relevant based on the the big fight to come so they followed wilder walking from one end of that was a henry like, hill moment yeah it seemed like one end of the strip to the other and you're saying hey a guy who had an injured Wait leg was walking that yeah way. exactly he not only did he walk the pace back in the locker room we're going to touch on everything yes. possibly there is to break down in an upcoming segment here but now we're just messing around but you're right he was walk that walk in him pacing yes. around in, in the locker room the, it, it was a big event and i also like the live locker room shots that was cool seeing these guys react to being on the camera while there was 
focus. Fury was it was goofing around. Yeah. Let me ask you this: being in there, we talked about Fury's entrance. Who had a bigger entrance? Because Wilder also had, I think, a sixty thousand dollar outfit. He came out, and uh, it was it was it really Listen, looked big. Also, so what was bigger? Which it, which walkout? Was I thought bigger? Fury's was bigger. I thought it was more grand. He pl- he milked it a, a little more. But one thing I love about this top rank and ESPN and Fox coming together is that they put the ring walks on ESPN yes. Sports Center. That just showed you they put all their resources. Yes. And shout out to everyone that was involved with this lead up from the media to the fighters uh, to Fox to, to ESPN to everyone there. Uh, it was an awesome fight and we're going to get very much into the fight. Tyson Fury is the new king. He is the guy in the heavyweight division. He's the guy in boxing. His profile is about to kick off. But jumping to the end of the night, found myself at the top ranked CAA party Bob Arum dancing, <laughs> legitimately dancing, celebrating the fact that he has the heavyweight champion, uh, you know, ran over to the Tyson Fury post-fight party. Did you get to get up on the DJ stage I didn't, with Tyson Fury? It's a long story. The ones and twos? It's a Were long story. It's a yeah. long story. Me and T. Fimo Lopez went over to that party. <laughs> I was riding his coattails after after that uh, after that fight. But, I mean, awesome weekend. Just yes. unbelievable. Really lived up to the hype. Uh, a fight where we saw a concrete winner in Tyson Fury. I mean, a Definitely. thrill a minute in Las Vegas. And we're going to break it all down coming up next standing eight count wilder fury reaction current let's jump right into it tyson fury's performance many people are saying it's the best performance from a british fighter not just a heavyweight a lot of people are saying it's one of the best heavyweight performances of all time given the circumstances two undefeated fighters given how deontay wilder uh, looked in his career i think it's right up there it's up there with uh, mike tyson's uh, destruction of Spinks. It's up there with George Foreman and what he did to Michael Moore. Listen, I doubted Tyson Fury this entire lead-up to this fight. I'm on the record as picking Deontay Wilder to win. I think I'm eating crow along with a lot of other people that picked uh, Deontay Wilder. I said there's no way that Tyson Fury was going to come in at 270 pounds, and he did. I said there's no way he's going to walk down Wilder. First second of the very first round, he walked down Deontay Wilder. An unbelievable performance, a shocking performance uh, from Tyson Fury. Your thoughts on what we saw Saturday night in Las Vegas? Yeah, so how would you rate Tyson Fury's performance? A++++, (laughs) 20 out of 10 maybe? So if you look at how to beat a one-punch knockout type of guy like Wilder, right? You can do a couple different things. You can move around and dance. And that's what Fury did in the first fight. And then he said, wait a minute, I still got clipped and I still got knocked down. So the other way, which is a lot more dangerous, is to gain a lot of weight and go at that guy super hard. And Fury did that from the opening bell. You could see him sprinting (laughs) right at Wilder. And yes, okay, that was just maybe a little bit of head games, but that's showing his intent. And you know what's so crazy about it is Fury told us all that he was going to go for the second round knockout. And I don't think anyone believed him. <laughs> we got a third round knockdown. We got, yeah, we got a knockdown and then, of course, the seventh round finish. But Fury is so crazy that he said he was going to do it and then he actually backed it up. He bulked up to 273 pounds and he actually made that happen. So you can't give uh, enough high marks to Tyson Fury for doing that. I mean, you take a look at the punch stats, 58 to 18 in the power punch department. Obviously, the edge goes to Tyson Fury there. And he said he was going to bring the fight to him, and he did that. And you talk about how he came running out of the gate. First of all, the anticipation in that arena, we're going to touch on it in a little bit, was just through the roof. The ring walks, everything. It was like the ultimate theater. To see him you know, walk in or get carried in uh, with that crown on and that whole entrance and to talk the, you know, talk the talk, walk the walk. Back right now, uh, I'm sorry, Canelo Alvarez, but Tyson Fury uh, is the face of boxing. Uh, he's uh, a... The, I mean, it's going to be great for, for the heavyweight division. I mean, uh, 
He's the king now. He, there was no doubt he had the crown on. He's the king. He's on top of the, the sport. Max Kellerman said it after the broadcast. He said, now we got to start talking about pound for pound, yep. right? And where does this guy fit in? He is he is the king, and he backed it up, and then he sung a song after. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine it being what it was like being there for you um, just next to this amazing virtuoso performance. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like I said, I felt like I was in a simulation. I felt like I was in a real-life Rocky movie. Yes. The crowd was, was going nuts. I had the, one of the best seats in the house. I'm so damn lucky uh, to be able to be there and, and experience weekends like that. But Tyson Fury is your new king in the heavyweight division and in boxing. He is, he's on top of the heap. And Wilder had that success early on, landing the one-twos in round one. And then it just seemed to just go away. Now, he talked about after, which we'll get into, the leg. Maybe he had a leg injury. Seemed like his equilibrium was off. He got hit in the ear. So there's things going on there. But it was Tyson Fury's night and his performance. Tyson Fury looked so good and so dominant. And he's never been beaten. So here's my question for you, Dan. Will Tyson Fury ever be beat? Well, I don't think that any man in boxing is totally invincible, but Tyson Fury right now is looking just like that, especially in the heavyweight division. I don't think he can be beat with the current crop of heavyweights that are out there. I think that Tyson Fury has everything going for him. There's no new wrinkle to his game where he can walk down opponents, something he's never done in his career, something that I doubted and a lot of people doubted was he's going to come into this fight with fighting a new style. And a lot of times we see this when a guy fights a, a, a new style or they're in between styles, and that's the worst thing you can do for a fighter. But that wasn't the case for Fury in this fight. He walked him down. He's got power now. He's able to walk fighters down. We know about his defense, and we know about his chin. We saw that in the first fight, how he was able to get up against Deontay Wilder. I think the only thing that could stop Tyson Fury from achieving even more now, getting the, being the first undisputed heavyweight champion since Lennox Lewis, is himself. I mean, the guy, we know about his, his mental health issues. Yep. He's now gotten to the peak once again. He, last time he was at the peak when he defeated Vladimir Klitschko, he fell into that deep, dark depression. I really hope that doesn't happen, but I think the only person that can stop Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury himself. I'm going to take it another way, and I'm going to say, can Tyson Fury be beat? Yes, because we've seen him be vulnerable, right? So ask that question to Otto Wallin, right, <laughs> who, who had success against Tyson Fury. Ask that question to Vladimir Klitschko, who didn't throw in their first fight and prepared very hard for their rematch, a rematch that never happened because, as you said, Tyson Fury went into a deep depression and kind of went off the, uh, the the deep end there. Now, what if Vladimir Klitschko had come in more motivated, making changes, which we, we know he's done in his career? He may have had a chance. Ask Steve Cunningham, who knocked him down and maybe wished that he kind of capitalized on that second round opportunity he had against Tyson Fury. Ask Anthony Joshua. You know, Joshua's improved, changed his style. Maybe he would have success. Uh, against Tyson Fury. What about Luis Ortiz? What about Andy Ruiz, a motivated Andy Ruiz? At the end of the day, Tyson Fury is undefeated, and you can't say that he should have maybe lost those fights because it's the old Bill Parcells saying, right? You are what your record <laughs> says you are. Yeah. Tyson Fury is undefeated, and he's got through all those people that we just talked about. But can he be beat? I say yes, because just like any other fighter, any other heavyweight, there's vulnerabilities. We've seen him rocked. We've seen him knocked down. We've seen him go off the deep end and gain weight and do all these things. Mm -hmm. Because of the vulnerabilities, I say yes, he can be beat. But also in the ring, you know, we saw him get knocked down twice. Or, yeah, twice. In the first fight with Deontay Wilder, we saw him get knocked down by Steve, Steve Cunningham. Cunningham yeah. But, you know, he's always got back up. That's the thing. But if you take a look at what he has said, Tyson Fury at least, for his next three fights, whether Deontay Wilder exercises that third fight, uh, that remains to be seen. But he said, also said he wants to fight Dillian White. He also said he wants to fight Anthony Joshua, who has three of those belts. This is the heavyweight division. One punch can change it all. 
I mean, I mean, he landed the punch on Wilder that ultimately, you know, messed up his equilibrium. Maybe that doesn't happen in another fight, and then we'll see just how uh, if he can get up again from a punch from, uh, from another heavyweight. Current a big-time performance from Tyson Fury, and sadly in this boxing world, you're only as good as your last fight. We're ready to move on to the next one, so I'll ask you, what is next for Tyson Fury? What is next? Well, we all know the ball is in Deontay Wilder's court. He has 30 days to exercise the immediate rematch. I personally think he will do that. Let's say he doesn't. Anthony Joshua is most likely going to fight Puluev, and then that fight could happen, which would be a massive fight in the UK, massive fight worldwide, because then you'd have the lineal and WBC champ versus the other three belts. That would be the first time that kind of unification has happened in the modern four-belt era. Those are possible options. The other option is not great for Tyson Fury, and this is what happened when he beat Vladimir Klitschko. He got to the mountaintop and said, whoa, this is all there is. And one thing that happened quickly after that fight was that the IBF stripped Fury. That led him to his depression. He gained 400 pounds and became suicidal, right? So no one wants to see that. We'd like to see him continue to train, continue to be active, and hopefully take on Wilder again, hopefully uh, take on um, Anthony Joshua. We'd like to see him be active. Well, you said that he got to the mountaintop, and there's no more, no much more that he can accomplish. He has now won a belt, uh, every possible belt there is to win, but not all of them at the same time. He right. still has one thing. This is a fighter that obviously has to be very motivated in order to win. There's still some motivation for him to be the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. I would not be surprised if uh, Fury says, you know what, I don't want... Deontay Wilder again, but it's not really his choice. So, so if they got to work that out. If that something happens with Deontay Wilder and he says, I don't want the third fight right away, I would not be surprised if Tyson Fury says, you know what, I'm going to do this fight with Anthony Joshua. 90,000 at Wembley Stadium. Eddie Hearn has already been on record. Uh, he sent out a tweet, and he also did an interview where he said, we have two of the, the top heavyweights in boxing right now are two British fighters. We can go for the undisputed heavyweight title of the world, a Brit versus a Brit at Wembley Stadium. He said we would be clowns. He literally said that. We would be idiots not to do this fight. And I also think they have to do it, considering how the Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder negotiations fizzled out. I don't know who you want to point the blame to. People will still debate who takes the blame for that fight never happening. Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua have a second chance to make an undisputed heavyweight title fight, an all-British matchup. That's what I would want to see next. As, as badly as I want to see a third fight with Deontay Wilder and for him to get back up, we'll talk about that next. I want to see this unification fight. No one wants to see over-marination, right, that happened with Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Fury, you know, also his, his father has come out and said that he should retire, right? Now, Fury tried retirement. This is even before the Klitschko fight. And he said he tried everything. He had it all, right? He had money. He was partying. He was going to the bars. He tried golf. He tried it all. Drinking Diet Cokes like they're going out of style. Exactly. And, and probably doing more than that. But he couldn't. He, it, didn't, it didn't work for him, right? Not having that fighting. He's fought since he was a kid, right? He was part of those the gypsy culture, the travelers. This is in his blood. So if he doesn't have that, bad things happen. So I don't think retirement is necessarily in the cards for him because he tried it, it it didn't work to your point we all want to see him versus uh anthony joshua or deontay wilder at some point let's hope that that happens let's hope that he stays active i also think the endorsements people are texting me who is this tyson fury guy people that never watch boxing so i would not be surprised to see him popping up on on us tv the guy's got it all and uh, he's the king in the heavyweight division and he wants to what become a music musician (laughs) he wants to fight an mma he's he's already done wwe i mean he's perfect for wwe so there's a lot of options even outside of boxing for him to stay active 
So we talked about what is next for Tyson Fury. Let me ask you this, Dan. What's next for Deontay Wilder? Well, clearly my last answer kind of gives away what's, what I want to see next, and that's obviously Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. We'll talk about Deontay Wilder. He certainly has a lot of options like out in the ring. You know, he can fight Andy Ruiz. Uh, he can fight Adam Konaki. There's a ton of fights out there for him, uh, for him to be made. But let's talk about the psyche of Deontay Wilder. This was a guy that was on the brink of superstardom, especially here in the U.S. If he finds a way to beat... Uh, Tyson Fury in this fight, he is a megastar in the U.S. Throw in the fact that he had never been beaten in his career. Throw in the fact that he had 10 straight title defenses, one more. Uh, he would have passed uh, Muhammad Ali on the all-time list uh, there. That's when you start to think about the human that is Deontay Wilder and what he must have been feeling after this fight when he was, you saw the video of him laying on that medical table, you know, towels all over his lip, his ear, getting stitched up. He had his wife next to him, his kids. I mean, that's the part of boxing that I think a lot of fans don't think about. They move right on to what's next, and, and you see the memes and everything of, of Wilder, I think, that are very, I, I mean, you expect it now, but I think those are a little, a little much, uh, given what he has done uh, in the boxing world. But you think about his whole world coming crashing down, what he must be thinking about, and not, on top of it, all the injuries that he sustained in this fight. Talk about a leg injury he might have had, you know, the ear. He needs to take some time and, and reflect before he figures out exactly what he wants to do. So it's, it's an interesting thing that happens to a fighter who was undefeated and now gets their first loss, right? That can change your entire persona, your entire psyche. In a way, maybe it's a good thing. This could be the best thing that ever happened to Deontay Wilder, and I'll tell you what. He's 34 years old, and it's going to be time for him now to take some self-evaluation. Look at his team. Now, we know that Mark Breland, who is one of his co-trainers, was the one who threw in the towel. His other co-trainer, JDs, said he didn't agree with that. So there's already some differences there in terms of your team there's you could call it necessarily infighting there's there, he needs to reevaluate it's like a, a company that's doing really well and profits are great and then the economy goes down now you got to bring in the consultants the two bobs from yeah. office space and say <laughs> let's look at all the things here and see what's working and what's not and that's why i say that that type of evaluation probably never happened for deontay wilder because he was he was beating everyone he was undefeated so now is the first time he can actually look at where he trains how he trains who he trains with and he may come back better than ever. Like you always say in boxing, like, you know, so much importance is put on that O next to your name, being undefeated, right. and, and Floyd Mayweather pretty much, you know, campaigned that whole mantra of being undefeated and, and the aura that is around that. I think this really was everything that, uh, that Deontay Wilder was built about, mostly because of how he would win. The knockouts. He would knock guys out and erase them. So therefore, his whole air of invincibility is now gone. And you're right, a lot of self-reflection. And uh, obviously, we talked about that, but what's next for him in the ring? There are a lot of options. I'm sure he wants to get back in there with Tyson Fury, but there's a ton of other names that he can jump in there if that fight doesn't get made. Ruiz, Ortiz, and then, of course, he's got to rehab that leg. Okay, Kern, before we move on uh, to the business stuff and all the fun stuff that happened in Las Vegas, the only controversy that was really in this fight, since it was such a one-sided fight for, for Tyson Fury, was the towel being thrown in from the corner of Deontay Wilder. You had JDs coming out and saying that he wouldn't have thrown it out there. What do you think happened there, and what's your take on if this fight should have been stopped at that time? We've talked so much about fighters' safety, and it is important that fights get stopped the only thing I'll say about this overall performance, and I'm going to preface this by saying Tyson Fury gets all the credit in the world. He came in with a great game plan. He dominated the fight. What's he, coming next? Okay. That was, the, that was the disclaimer. The only thing I'll say is let's say that Tyson Fury did knock out maybe the eardrum. 
in uh, for Deontay Wilder. That could throw off his equilibrium. If your equilibrium is thrown off, your punches are going to be missing by one second, and it seemed like that was happening in the first round with the one-twos barely missing, right? The right hand was barely missing for Wilder, and his balance was way off, and that was apparent. These were hard knockdowns by Fury, but at the same time, Fury's, uh, excuse me, Wilder's balance wasn't there, right? He seemed like he was kind of falling all over the ring. So, should the fight have been stopped? Yes. Is it a good stoppage? Yes, but if there's anything to debate, it's to say, could maybe Wilder have weathered the storm, right? The way he did against Luis Ortiz in that seventh round. If you look at the end of the fight, Wilder's throwing the left hook as the towel comes in. That's the argument that could be made if you are on Team Wilder and you want to make an argument. I think it was a good stoppage, but that's that is a hypothetical argument that someone could make. All right, I'm gonna respectfully, I wouldn't say disagree because you 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 obviously know that the fight should have been stopped. Right. I also think it should have been stopped in the fifth round. Okay. I had one of the best seats in the house, being able to see De- uh, Deontay Wilder's eyes. There was nothing there. He looked like he was drunk in there. His leg, he had no legs from the start. I don't know if it was an eardrum because uh, Shelly Finkel and Team Wilder has come out and said it's not a ruptured eardrum. Wilder didn't even go to the hospital. He was bleeding out of the ear f- from a cut, but. I don't know. Something happened in there where he didn't have his legs, if, whether he had a leg injury or the fact that his equilibrium was a, a little bit off. But seeing him up close, he wasn't throwing punches. He barely threw any punches, and that's the ultimate sign that a fight needs to be stopped. Oh, going on to the towel being thrown in, I love that move from Mark Breland. He Mark Breland's a guy that has been in the ring before and has taken punishment and knows what it takes. He is looking out for what the most important thing, most, one of the most important jobs uh, being in the corner is knowing if your fighter's taking punishment, knowing when to stop the fight so they can live to fight another day. Mark Breland doesn't care if he gets fired. He cares about fighter safety. I think JD's throwing him under the bus in the press conference afterwards was completely uh, out of line and it... I like JD's, but it seemed like that was a move. I want to keep my job. The final punch stats provided by CompuBox, 82 to 34. So Wilder was way outlanded there. Fury landing much more. The, the thing about Mark Breland throwing in the towel is it helps the warrior mentality for Wilder because he can say, hey, yep. I wanted to go out of my shield. And his trainer can say, hey, we wanted to protect our guy. So that helps his invincibility aura and say, hey, I was never in jeopardy of, of wanting to quit myself. You guys made that decision for me. The other part of it, you could call it controversy not, is that at the end, the post-fight interview, we've been talking about this. Wilder says, mm, I don't want to make any excuses, but I came into this camp with a bad leg. Well, we want to learn a little bit more about that. How bad was it? Why did you take the fight if the leg was that bad? You can't lose the fight and then say, oh, it was because of the leg. We know usually on a big fight weekend, there's maybe one big promoter, one big network. We know ESPN handled the production, but this was a Fox, ESPN, a PBC, a top rank. It was a joint venture, a joint production. Dan, you were there. You were uh, hobnobbing with the the (laughs) top executives from both uh, networks. So what was that like having both of these entities, all of these entities coming together for this big event? Right. The first moment I walked into the media center, when I saw Evan Korn from Top Rank and I saw Tim Smith from the PBC, I went, well, I've never seen these guys in the same room together. This is going to be crazy. But the initial reaction was, this is the Super Bowl of boxing. I mean, it really felt like that. You had Terrence Crawford walking around the media center. You had Shakur Steven walking around the media center. Devin Haney, Tifimo Lopez, not to mention all the executives behind the scenes from Top Rank and ESPN. I actually had a moment to talk to Todd DeBuff. Of course, uh, he is Bob Arum's stepson. He's also a very important member uh, of Top Rank. He said it couldn't have gone any smoother. He says if there was a problem in this lead-up, 
He would call Al or Al would call him and it was hashed out uh, within minutes. I, music to my ears, and I think that's music to a lot of boxing fans here. See, I was absolutely shocked uh, talking to people uh, around the, the uh, fight and, and this lead up about how happy they were and how everyone got along so well. And it's so, uh, you know how boxing politics work. It, it was refreshing to hear. And it leads me, leads me to believe, obviously, the next big fight we want to see uh, from these two stables is Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. And just seeing how everyone got along so well, I would not be surprised if that's not in the near future. So I'll, I'll give it to you from a different perspective. You were there seeing how it worked in the media room and behind the scenes. Watching it at home, right? People were treating this like almost like the Super Bowl, right? People were having parties, right? Yeah. They were inviting their friends over. This is the one that you want to call your friends and say, hey, we finally have a big boxing <laughs> yeah. match. And I think the fact that it was on Fox and ESPN, so you had both the marketing arms, these giant marketing arms in terms of pre-production and storytelling, were able to set up this huge event, right? It didn't hurt that you had an amazing event on, on, on top of it all. But so I think it was almost the, the the relationship of these guys coming together showed it was successful in that way because it was part of the public conversation in terms of sports fans overall. Mm-hmm. So now the question turns to what else? How can we continue to ride this, like yeah. you said? Yeah. And that is Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. Now, funny enough, I know that you posted a picture. <laughs> they were sitting one row in front of the Wait, next. Did, and you I know that Spence, you... did you see Spence? Uh, he posted a, a thing and he said... Who put all, all these top-ranked people? <laughs> Who seated me right. next to them? Because it was an awkward photo of, of Terrence Crawford uh, smiling with Aram in it and his sister. And he had Errol Spence kind of sitting like... Right. But, you know, that's not... Those fighters will always have that, that animosity. But the, the powers that be to make these fights seem like they don't. And they would be smart to do this. Listen, Fox and, and ESPN, they can come together and they want to squash the zone. This is the way to do it. I, I want to see the zone succeed. I think every boxing fan wants to see that happen. But I'm not an executive. You know, I don't have share. I'm a, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter to me right. what they do. But yeah, I ultimately think that fight will happen. I know that there's a the third fight between Wilder and Fury is contractually obligated to happen. Maybe if that fight falls through, who knows if they said, hey, we got the groundwork already laid here. Let's make Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford and really start cashing in and make all the boxing fans happy. Let's see if it happens. First mega fight of the decade, first mega fight of the year is in the books, Wilder and Fury. Now we got to look forward. What is the next big mega fight that can be made? Because there really isn't any on the schedule ironclad. So we got to look at what fights that we can hopefully have, right? (laughs) Because no offense to Mikey Garcia or Jesse Vargas or whoever, but there's not that many mega fights already made. What could happen this year? Well, we know Canelo Triple G3 could happen. We talked a lot about Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. Now that this PBC and Top Rank situation is happening and they have a working relationship, maybe that could happen, right? That would be great. Uh, Tyson Fury fighting Wilder for the third time would be great. Tyson Fury fighting Anthony Joshua would be great. These are all great. I'm going to throw out something else. What happened to Mayweather putting out that those uh, Conor McGregor and uh, Khabib situation? You know, those Instagram posts. Are those fights happening? So those, not necessarily a mega fight, but that would be a mega events, right? So it's possible that these mega events could happen this year, and this could be a huge year in boxing depending on where these the pieces fall. Well, the biggest fight to be made is Logan Paul versus KSI. No, stop. Uh, I was with, uh, I think it's Tiafimo versus Lomachenko. I was with Tiafimo a lot this uh, past weekend. I spent a lot of time with him. We may have crashed Tyson Fury's post-fight party at Hakkasan at the MGM. That's a story for another day and uh, for another podcast. But, you know, getting to talk to him, it seems like that fight's going to happen. They're kind of just getting over the last second hurdles, uh, money and where he wants to be. Uh, you know, Tiafimo wants it in New York, and I, you know, talking to Aram as well, he thinks the fight will, will end up in New York. It's the only place that fight can be, but that's the next biggest fight. That is 
all four belts on the line. I don't care about the franchise stuff. It's all four belts. It's an undisputed fight between up-and-coming guy and Teofimo Lopez. Let me just tell you, walking around the MGM with Teofimo Lopez, he was trying to tell me that, yo, he's a modest kid. Uh, no one really knows who I am. No one notices me. He was getting flooded for photos. Fans love him. Uh, I think the boxing media has a lot of respect for him, this next big thing in boxing. He's doing it the right way by knocking guys out. He's very, very confident that he can take out Lomachenko. I think that's the next biggest fight in boxing. That, that is going to be a huge fight, and the fact that that is very close to being finalized is great for us as boxing fans. Another name that we didn't mention in the first list was Manny Pacquiao. You know, he hasn't fought in a little while, and it depends where does he land, right? If he fights Mayweather, is that a mega fight? Yeah, uh, even though that we probably don't want to necessarily see it again as right. boxing fan, it's a mega event. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I... Did get some? I'm not cut my coppature with the sources, but <laughs> sources, uh, hold on. you can expect Manny Pacquiao in the ring in July against a guy that goes by the name of Danny Swift Garcia. That is the okay. latest rumor, so maybe we'll see that. Is that is that a confirmed? Can we can we put that on Listen, the schedule as a mega I was, fight? I'm not trying to break news because if, if the whole story of breaking news is if you can't do it every day, don't right. do it. But hearing being in Vegas and being around some of the the, the people that make fights is uh, expect Pacquiao to come back in July. And would that mean, what does that put for Errol Spence there then? I don't know. Tune up fight. He was in attendance. He looked actually a lot better. So who knows? There's a lot of uh, big names, a lot lot of of big fights, a lot of stuff going on in boxing. I want to see Dan Rayfield. I want to see him box uh, Ellie Setback. I feel like that would be the funniest fight (laughs) of the tournament. That is a weight discrepancy right there. That's that's not going to (laughs) work. Man, weight class don't count in these tournaments, man. It's special bouts. Akin Barak. Oh man, you got Rock's a big dude. Yeah, he's say Mike Kovacic versus Ellie. That's, that's more like, like it. That's better. Yeah, that's, that's better. Like a- there you have it. The boxing media tournament. This is what everyone has been calling for. The fans want it, Dan. They want to see boxing media fight against each other in a tournament. So who's gonna fight who? What are the matchups? What are we doing here? Just a good question. What we're doing here. Let's just start off this by saying that this is silly and this is, but this is ultimately yes. fun. And this boxing media tournament almost overshadowed the main event on on Saturday night. Really? Wilder, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lance Pugmire was tweeting about it. The, the undercard was so terrible that uh, all we're talking about is this boxing media tournament. And obviously, it talked to Shakur and it got the ball really rolling for this. People were talking about it, uh, you know, at the bars. And then when I was talking to even Kate Abdo brought it up. She wants to see uh, Brock Bess in there uh, with a with a really good competitive matchup. Filling out brackets. People yet? are filling out brackets, brackets. So listen, we're making the, the definitive Kings one. involved, putting money down. Well, then we're going to start making some okay. money here. Yes. Let's put it together finally. This is the ultimate. It's an eight-man tournament, wow. and I'm starting it off with the heavies right out of the <laughs> gate. Yahoo Sports versus ESPN. It's Kevin Ioli versus Dan Raphael. We're going to start off this tournament with a bang with those two big guys. Moving on, Chris Mannix versus Mike Coppinger. Chris Mannix with, uh, what is Chris Mannix with these? Yahoo? Or, yes, he's with Sports Yahoo. Illustrated. Sports Yahoo. Illustrated. Versus yes. Mike Coppinger at The, the Athletic. They both break news. Right. First off, those two fights, how do you see those going? Well, those those are the, that's two big fights, right? Clash of the Titans. Ioli has been around for a long time. He's got a lot of experience, right? Same with Dan Rayfield. So it's it's people that have you know rounds under their belt, their their experience, and that could be a big big matchup. And then you just talked about Coppinger versus Mannix, right? right? So there's a lot of breaking news is always there. They're competing for stories, and now they're going to be competing in the ring. Right. Ooh, that that's another close one. I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Moving forward here with this fight, I think it's, it's all going to be awesome. Barack Bess, yes. from Mock and Barack fame is a big dude. He is yes. jacked out of his mind. I know that uh, 
what's his, I think Shakur threw out him fighting a lot of smaller guys. It's not no. going to work. I want these fights to actually be competitive. He needs to be competitive, right? right? So yes. another guy, Steve Kim. I don't know if you know this. Steve Kim's pretty jacked. Pretty oh, yeah. big guy. Always he's, hitting he's, the gym. Always hitting the gym. Yes. You know, he does his podcast with, with Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez is obviously ripped. Right. Barack Best versus Steve Kim. I like that matchup. And finally, finally out, uh, you know, this tournament <laughs> here is the YouTube stars. Ellie Sekback reporting versus Marcos Viegas in the battle of the YouTube clicks and likes. That's my last fight. You know, as you're setting this up, I think it's going to be eight on one. Eight of these reporters versus you. No, they love it. They love it. People were coming up to me. I mean, I told you. They were coming up to me trying to make these fights. And so do you think this YouTubers, is that going to have the same popularity as the way that Logan Paul and KSI, that it's Ellie Sekback, the people have us following? Listen, don't give the zone any like any <laughs> ideas there. They'll throw Ellie Sekback versus Marcos Vegas on an undercard. That's that's a, these are This is a great tournament. So so you're putting this together, and this is going to happen. Right. CompuBox, Dan Canobio, Inside Boxing Live. The official boxing media tournament is set. It is up to you, boxing media, to make this happen.